Call of Duty, more like Call of Booty. Welcome to the multiverse. Speaking of booties, what? I think Saul's might be itching. Welcome to Triangle Square, back. the PlayStation podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, as always, is Mr. Saul Bridges, bringing you guys lucky episode 238. And alongside me is Mr. Chris Figs. <laughs> Stop using that sound. That, that didn't work as well when you moved away from the multiverses. Now it just sounds like you're trying to sound sexy. That's hey, This is my sexy voice. Hi, Brett. <laughs> Would you like oh. to fuck me? <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I just got some Silence of the Lambs feels going on there. Uh, well, welcome. <laughs> if you're new to the show, uh, you can watch on YouTube or listen on podcast services, depending on which one you found us on. Go over and find the one that you like the most. Uh, and if you like the show, consider giving us a review on podcast services or liking and subscribing on YouTube, as well as sharing the video or podcast in general with anyone that you think might like it. We like to start the show off in a time-honored tradition way of figuring out what the hell everyone's been playing because sometimes it's a surprise and sometimes it's literally nothing. So, Saul, <laughs> starting it off with you this week, have you been playing anything? I have. I've actually been playing a bevy of new games. A bevy? Of mm, new games. Fancy um, so, I started the week off with uh, Dark Souls 3 as I have been trophy hunting. And thankfully, at the right time of grinding out Proof of a Concord kept. It is a covenant item in Dark Souls 3. You can either get it by invading or you can get it by farming Silver Knight. You know, like when you go up the steps of Anna Orlando, there's a Silver Knight yeah. in Dark Souls 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can farm those and they have a 1% drop rate. Ooh. So I was farming those and um, Halo Infinite came out. And I have been playing a lot of Halo Infinite at least three nights this week, including for five hours straight last night playing Halo Infinite. That's crazy because this is the most I've seen you play Halo since, since I met you. Since Halo 3. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is. Since I met you in earnest, I should say at least. This yeah. is one of the my favorite Halo multiplayer experiences there is. It is so fluid. It is. It just. Everything. There's not any major complaints like that I have. Halo 4 did kind of some things kind of like. It did. Halo 4 did this. It was perfect. And then it got like nerfed into oblivion with some of his weapons and I don't really foresee that happening with this game because nothing feels overpowered like it did in Halo 4 um, and I I have to give credit where credit's due I had no faith in 343 none at all that this would be any any good at all because I could not stand Halo 5 I thought Halo 5's multiplayer maps were garbage they looked like garbage the game played fun or, or funny it's just not in a good way yeah very smooth textures i and remember the online flat, data. yeah like flat mm-hmm. textures and interesting that that's a similar complaint though about the original trailer for infinite flat text that is yeah which is completely not the thing here it's crazy how good this game looks compared to halo 5 it's it's absolutely insane at how halo reach looked great and the campaign for reach was great but the multiplayer was not great, in my opinion. And then Halo 5 was the exact opposite, where the campaign was really bad, and then the, the multiplayer was bad, but not as bad as the campaign. Now, if they could nail the campaign with this game, this will probably be my favorite Halo game ever. Like, this is, it's that fun. Um, we played rank last night, and mm-hmm. every single ranked game with me, Seth, and Jeffrey in a random, it felt like it was a true like battle. Like, we we were communicating well and like it felt like it was a true challenge and every victory felt like it was 
worth the victory. It, it did not feel like we just stomped pubs and we were just like, this is easy peasy. <laughs> it was actually fun. Felt earned. Yeah, it yeah. actually all felt earned. Um, so I'm really enjoying Halo Infinite. Um, I also picked up uh, and restarted my island on Animal Crossing. As I said, I would when it came with the new update coming out or that came out last week. Um, so I've been playing Animal Crossing kind of as a daily thing. That's how you play Animal Crossing. For those that don't know, you just kind of hop on, you do your daily task and you kind of, you know, do whatever you want, like finish up your fishing list and try to like, you know, fill out all the fish or bugs and stuff. Um, but I also started playing Pokemon Diamond Shining, Shining Diamond, I think, or Sparkle Brilliant Diamond. Brilliant Pearl, Shining Diamond. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, I've been playing that and that launched Friday and I haven't played that much. Uh, I played it for like three hours total. So this week's been the most varied for me in a while because it's Dark Souls, Animal Crossing, Halo, and Diamond. Um, but uh, I really spent the majority of the time in Halo. Well, speaking of Halo, because I'm, I'm a little curious. I've been thinking about this since they showed off the, the trailer. Do you have any feelings about the um, the open world aspect of the game in terms of it being you know seemingly one hopefully large map? And the only reason I ask that is because every time they've shown the game off so far, you can see quite a bit of ways, right? You see this, big, oh, yeah. you see a big vista. But the problem I see from the vistas that I'm seeing and off in the far, far distance, even when you're up high, is that it looks like the entire game just takes place in that forest environment. And I don't know if, if an entire open world game is going to be quite interesting enough to make that work for me. But I'm... I'm definitely willing to give it a try to do so but you know i find most games that are open world know that you kind of have to find a way to give sections of your environment their own idea like their own like their own uh, theme so that when you're in there you're like oh yeah like even something as simple as skyrim's open world when you start getting down down towards Riften, you start seeing like the the hues turn very dark uh like dead leaf colors and you see the little dead leaf animations yeah. down and you're like oh, okay I know where I'm at. Uh, as whereas other parts, you get up towards the mountains and it's like cold, and you can see your breath, and there's kind of like an, a a mist running through the air of like that icy breath kind of feel. Um, I'm not getting that out of what I've seen so far of this, but I wonder if that's more because of pre- like specific framing, kind of like they did for The Last of Us Two, where every bit of um, marketing they did for the game took place in the first like hour of the game. Yeah, and it's it's hard to tell. Like I think for classic Halo games, Halo One was very varied in level design. The campaign was Halo Two was as well. Halo Three was kind of boring and bland. I, I think it's the most similar of them all in terms of like the whole game feels like it's kind of taking place in one place. Yeah, like the the first of Halo Three starts you off in like a um, in a forest, but then it goes to like inside ship areas, and then it goes to like desert areas. It just feels kind of bland as the, the most to me. Halo 4 had probably the most like areas in it because all the Promethean stuff was very similar, but it was really cool and well designed. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have that big of a problem with it. I think that's what it is here. It's like it's just okay, there's just green trees that look like Washington. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of it's like that's the whole thing. That's everything. So I don't know. I'm a little curious about that. Chris, I know you're loving uh, Halo. I'll go ahead and kind of move on to you. I know you've been playing Halo as well. Uh, do you have an interest in the campaign or are you just primarily multiplayer focused? I mean, I'll try the campaign. I've played most of the Halo campaigns, but I haven't finished them in a long time. It's not, I'm not big into the campaigns, but I'll definitely give it a shot. I have Game Pass, I might as well. Do you think they'll have a higher chance of getting you to go through this one just because of the fact that it is more of like an open world style game? Do you think that helps or hurts its chances? 
Yeah, really? Okay. You like a real tight focused, uh, like linear shooter? I don't want to play Halo. In, I don't want to play a Halo game that feels like a Far Cry game because I played a Far Cry game this year and didn't like it very much. <laughs> yeah, that's actually kind of my problem is that I was already like, you know, just very questionable of Halo because of like Saul mentioned five being so Mid. underwhelming. I'm not even going to say I, I don't think five is great. I, I don't necessarily know that I want to come out and say it's outright bad, but I think it's outright bad considering the the series that it's part of. The place that, that what five did best was brought back Buck with Nathan Fillion as the voice. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give before Halo Infinite's campaign comes out, I'm going to actually play through all Halo games again, and that includes Halo Wars. One and two. Yeah, I've never played any of the Halo Wars. I never played games. two. Yeah. But um two was done by Creative Assembly. Yeah. And one was done by the team behind Age of Empires, wasn't it? Or no. Was it yeah, I think I think or you're Command right. and Conquer. No, it was done by the, the team that Microsoft owns, right? Uh, I think so. Correct me if I'm wrong. I played through Halo Wars once. And I love RTS games. I just wish there was more of them. Yeah, I feel. Uh, let's see, Ensemble Studios. Ensemble. And they are the developer behind Age of Empires. Yeah. And then Age of Mythology. That's what I thought, because I remember they're uh, they're an in-house studio, if, if, whereas if, Creative Assembly's Sega. If you, uh, if you, for those that are listening, like, um, I know Sean Sanderin might appreciate this, um, because I know he plays with his Xbox a lot now. Um, try Halo Wars out if you haven't. If you don't, if you don't, if you're not a fan of RTS games or if you've never experienced RTS games and you like sci-fi, those games are phenomenal. Or the first one is. I've not played the second one. I've heard great things about the second one, and, and Creative Assembly is a really good studio, so I wouldn't be surprised. So. What have you been playing this week? Uh, to cap it off, Chris, <laughs> I know you said you've been playing some Halo. Did you play? Uh, uh, did, you, did you play ranked at all? No, I haven't been playing much ranked. I've been trying to like remember how to play. <laughs> it's still really great. Um, Big Team Battle is really fun. Yeah, Big Team Battle is what I spent the most time with. I like getting the sniper rifle and just knocking dudes across the. They feel the map. so powerful. So fun! It's so fun. I wish it was one shot kill all the time. I don't really love the and just the head. Yeah, just the head. But it's still it's still a lot of fun. Um, other than that, I've been playing a lot of Apex and a lot of Chivalry Two. Chivalry Two is Man, awesome. Chivalry Two. I saw you bring that up, right? And Chivalry One, yeah, was so broken that it was <laughs> half fun and then half the most infuriating thing in the world to play. Yeah, and sometimes it was that thing where I was <clears throat> unsure if it was really that it was broken or if it was just really poorly explained mechanics. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I could um, hardly ever hit anybody in that game, but I liked the basic idea. You know yeah. what I mean? Chivalry Two feels really good. Like I've never. I'm bad at it, but I haven't played a match yet where I'm like, oh, I don't understand how I died. You know what I mean? Is this game on PlayStation? It is. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. I know I know it's been on Speaking PC. Speaking of which, did you while. buy it on PS5? I did. It's on sale right now. How's it run? It runs fine. Okay. So I'm playing like, Yeah, the first game PS5 also kind of ran so. like booty on PS4. That was the other part of it. But yeah, yeah Chivalry it, 1 was like that very interesting. But and then whenever they came out with For Honor, I was like, this kind of feels like probably what a lot of people were expecting. But yeah. Chivalry is a lot more focused. I guess. It's more like yeah. a simulation, isn't it? Like it's, yeah, more, it's more hardcore. Uh, yeah. it, I wouldn't say full yeah. on simulation, but I mean, I don't know. It's it kind of reminds now. me of what I see people talk about with like um, that. What's that? single player RPG that you played on Game Pass or oh, Kingdom Come Kingdom Deliverance, Come, Deliverance yes. do you guys remember that how good. people you it is good how people used to talk about Battlefield versus Call of Duty yeah and it was yeah it's, it's Call of Duty 
Wait, what is for honor or chivalry? No, chivalry is. So oh, like battlefield. for honor is battlefield. It's pretending to be realistic, well, but it's really for giving you really a lot is. of leeway, right? I guess. I mean, it's not. I don't even know if it's pretending to be realistic. Like I killed a guy with a fish today, so I don't really think it's that <laughs> realistic. That sounds um, fun. I just think. Did the, you like? Did you hold it and like swap it around as a sword? I threw it and I hit a guy who was already dead or was downed and he died from it. That was pretty funny. <laughs> Got himself into a fishy situation. But something you can only do in games. <laughs> exactly. Um I, I don't know. I think it's really fun. It's less of a simulation and more of a more of a you know, you hit you double tap square when you're running into battle, so your character starts screaming and yelling as he runs in. It's hilarious. Do your chant. Uh yeah. am I wrong in in remembering that you played some inscription? Oh yes. I got to the second act of inscription and you should play that game. I still need to play it. That Who game, is you? Literally the, the the broad audience? Yeah, the broad audience. Brett, you should play it. Saul, you definitely should play it. Uh, it's really <laughs> good. Okay. Something happened in of, the second act that completely changed how I thought of that game. <laughs> For a point, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Roughneck Kirby. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Interesting. Um, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. What, what's going Well, on? now I have a question about Kirby. Never mind. This is a <laughs> okay. family show. Oh, God. Oh, oh God. Oh, wait a minute. You just put a question into my head. Even if, I don't even know if it's the same one as you. But doesn't if if Kirby sucks something, yeah, does it okay. become it? I, I think we're thinking the same thing, yeah. Because <laughs> if Kirby if Kirby sucks a penis, does it become a penis or the man? That's a great question. That's exactly where <laughs> I was going with this. <laughs> does it become the isolated object or the object that it was uh, the bigger connection part? You know. Hmm. Exactly. I don't know. Take time to ponder that and uh, answer it on this week's community's take. Yeah, that'll make some sense to you when we get that episode going out. Which, uh, Chris, I guess we should start releasing those dang things. Yeah, I'm waiting um, on the logo so stuff. That is fair, actually. Uh, yell at me and I will get that to you. Like, right, literally logo yell at stuff. me. <laughs> Ber- berate me. Yeah. Call okay. me a low life. Uh, and we can make Well, this is a show about here. PlayStation, not your fetishes. <laughs> Hey, listen. Fetish eye? Listen. My, my fetish eye. Listen, you don't criticize me. I don't keep shame. Okay? I expect to be treated equally here. You do what you want to do. If you want to suck and become... Never mind. I'm, get, <laughs> I'm getting off topic here. Um, okay. Um, I did The Unthinkable this week. Are you guys ready? Didn't play anything. No. I played Terrible a lot of Sea of Thieves. That's no. why I'll start. The unthinkable wasn't. Oh, that. I should have known that. I watched. I watched a ton. I played a ton of Sea of Thieves, and I'm I'm ranked 95 in the season right now, uh, oh, or whatever level, whatever you call that. I guess they call it a rank or whatever. But I'm 95 out of 100 for the season pass. I'm almost there. Congrats. So close, yeah. So far, um, and then I will spend the ten dollars on the battle pass. Uh, until then, though, no dice, baby. No dice. No dollar but, dollar bills. That's pretty much all I did. I have not touched my PlayStation 5 at all, and not even remotely um, since the last time we were, since before the last time we recorded. But I did do The Unthinkable and decided to just force myself to try and play my Switch. And I went and bought Metroid Dread, and I played a total of about 30 minutes of Metroid Dread and haven't touched it since. <laughs> so I don't know if that bodes well for it or not. It was just the other day, 
Thursday, maybe Friday, one of those two. So who knows if I'll get back to it. I've been busy doing drywall in the in-between, so that looks amazing. Holy crap. I know what's going on here, but I can't believe it's working. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry. Optical illusion. Anyways. What got me is when the eye moved. I was like, oh. <laughs> Uh, Saul's distracting me. Uh, I want to call for a recess. Ignore that in the Discord. I'm just separating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So I guess it's time to move into the news, unless any of you have some objections. Did I skip anything on accident? I do not have any objections. Okay. Your Honor, I do not object. Let's continue on. Guardians of the Galaxy is the first thing coming up on the news, and it's getting an update this week, adding, uh, or it's gotten an update, adding save rollback, which would have been nice, allowing users to roll back to the start of a chapter should they face any blocking issues or want to make decisions differently. Multiple fixes to the game systems that link to trophy issues for some, such as the compendium not showing that it's complete, even though, or not showing enough completion, even though it is, uh, and the abilities menus not giving you the trophy for unlocking all abilities that's been fixed hopefully uh, and next gen consoles get some features such as ray tracing mode for ps5 and series s a uh, series x rather and the ability to uncap frame rate on the series s version to allow players to play between 30 and 60 frames per second though they recommend this only for users of the vrr display i don't know that i would have played this game um with ray tracing if it wasn't the insomniac style of being performance and ray tracing but mm-hmm. it's cool to see it got added. Uh, I just wish that more games were doing the day one thing of, um, which even Insomniac didn't do initially. But thankfully, Ratchet was, you know, performance ray tracing day one. So uh, that's cool for people who haven't played yet. And it's really good because Guardians is like thirty dollars multiple places, like for the last week. So if you haven't started yet, you have potentially a better experience than Chris yeah. and I had, and it was already a fantastic experience. I can't Though there are tro- there were trophy issues, we've had a few people be like, "I played it and this trophy didn't pop, and I'm just not gonna get the platinum now." <laughs> Rex, I can't blame him. Can't blame I him. can? Coward. <laughs> Cowards. All right. Next thing up, game of the year nominees for this year. Uh, for this year's the Game Awards uh, has been revealed and are as follows: Death Loop. It takes two. Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. Um, now, here's the thing. Chris, I know me and you were already talking about playing It Takes Two, and I yes. know a couple of other people have asked me, and I've just been too busy to get around to it. I have one goal that I want to do before our end of the year, because we always wait to do Game of the Year for basically the last episode of the year. Yeah. In the next six weeks, whatever we have, five weeks... I want to try, because I'm playing Metroid Dread, or hopefully I continue. I want to try and have beaten every game on the Game of the Year nominee list for the first time ever. I've never done this. So, I've already got Metroid, I've already got uh, Ratchet and Clank and Deathloop done. I've got Resident Evil Village downloaded, so I'll knock that out. That's eight hours. That's pretty good. It Takes Two is not super long, so me and you can do that. And then Metroid Dread, and I started downloading Psychonauts 2 before we recorded. Oh, so you did buy it? Oh, it's on Game Pass for PC. You bastard. All right, I'll just buy it. Oh, on P- on PlayStation? Yeah. I actually forgot it was on PlayStation. Really? What is It Takes Two? That's it a, is it that... Takes Two is from Joseph Ferris, the guy who did Brothers and uh, A Way Out. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, is it like A Way Out? Yeah, it's it's co-op. 
I, it's actually you can only play it co-op. You yeah. have to have someone else. Can to you play, play a way out single player? No, you okay. both of those games require you to have a second person. Speaking of which, Chris and I actually did play a way out. I was about to say I did get the platinum in a way out this week. <laughs> Forgot. And about look, that. the game is the game perfect. No, and it's and you're also playing it like what three to four years out. Yeah. That game's pretty good. Even I like playing it. enough, I'm like I'm, this is good. I'm just saying. The baseball mini game was better than anything else in that game, though, in my and, opinion. And that's not even a slight at the game because I, I think what it was is that we were in the right mindset and we had yeah. more fun than we intended to. Well, that's like I, also had quite a, I mean, I had a bunch of fun. It, it, this is going to show where the secondary act of co op being in the game helps because we got distracted for like what a good extra 15 minutes trying to play each other on that little thing where you cross the ball to the other side. It's, it's like a weird version of Pong. But oh yeah, in the yeah. air in the aircraft hangar. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The, and darts. Uh, we lost. Game. We lost plenty of time trying to yeah. play darts against each but other and see who nothing, win. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing like long the baseball. Because I think the baseball also, was like what two hours. <laughs> yes. I'm also willing to say that Chris and I broke the furthest record. I'm gonna say this. Chris broke it. I just happened to be there to witness it. Uh, the furthest record of how far you can get the ball. And the game is programmed to not have a cap. So it's just literally a luck-driven thing yeah. to see how far it goes. And we have screenshot evidence. So if yep. anyone wants to come back and rebuke, rebuke our, our claim, come do it. There you challenge me? Yeah, if we have to, I'll download it. I'll, I'll download the game again. <laughs> And we will break that record. Chris and I I'll, spent two I'll hours just because I want to wanna keep playing the baseball game. When we logged in that day, I was like, do you, do you want to go back a chapter and play the baseball game for a bit? And I'm like, no, I need my black <laughs> trophy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's was, the first thing. I want to do that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was actually looking at Psychonauts 2 today because it's on sale. I'm like, I should probably play these games. If you, you buy on, if you buy the PS4 version, I'll just I'll play it on PlayStation. But I wasn't going to buy it because it's on Game Pass. That's yeah. basically where I was at. That's what um, I should do. But I want the trophies, so I don't know if, I, if I'm going to do what I'll do. We'll see. Well, if you buy it, I'll play it there. But I, I think I'm going to sit this. Well, you know what? I don't know. I might buy it. I haven't bought anything in so long. Yeah, let me know. Well, I should say like literally bought. Yeah, we'll talk about it. All right. Anyway, where (laughs) I was going with that uh, is that would be really interesting. And not even because I'm worried about theirs. You know, we always do our own nominees and whatnot. So we're going to do game of the way, game of the year our way. But looking at someone else's list and being like, I played at least all those games kind of gives you an interesting feeling. So we're kind of going to, I'm going to do that out of just my own general interest. But are there any games that y'all feel have come out this year that should be in this nomination list? And Guardians of the Galaxy. Do you feel like anything got snubbed? I had a feeling that that was Guardians be of yours. the Galaxy, Death Store, Inscription should all should all be there. Okay, and Saul, do you have anything that you can think of that you played this year? Mm. It's been a weird year because a lot of people have been playing games that released in different years, but they're playing it for the first time, like yeah. Death Stranding and uh, Ghost of Tsushima. So GTA yeah, three, I have to go back on that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a weird question. I don't. The thing is, is that my what I'm fairly positive. I need more time to ruminate on, but I'm fairly positive Death Loop is mine, and it's already in the game of the year list. So I'm just like, <laughs> okay, cool. I don't really need anything else. Um, we'll see. I mean, there, like I said, there's there's games I haven't experienced yet. You know what I mean? So yeah, I guess at that point it just comes down to uh, how we how we feel. It's weird because I also really love Spirit Fair. That did not come out this year. I just oh, happened yeah. to play it this year. <laughs> Spirit Fair is excellent. Yeah, very good game. So, oh, did well, you try Spirit Fair with the uh, the new update and the new character? What? 
Yeah, there's a new character no. and a, a new update. No, this is completely lost to me. Oh, also, shit. I didn't realize that you could co-op that game where the other person can run around as a cat. Really? Yeah, Delilah. You play Delilah. Stella or whatever? Stella, yeah, whatever. Either way, yeah, that's the, that's the setup. The other person can control the cat. That's all they do is just literally run around and jump. But that's honestly, <laughs> that's that's enough. Yeah, more than fair. <laughs> so there you are. We should get back around to that. Uh, I, the reason I even brought that up is because everyone always has their own things. But uh, Rude Days, uh, not, no, hold on. Yeah, it was Rude Days, wasn't it? I think he brought up the fact that he felt like, and I've actually seen this from a couple people, including Blake, um, that Forza is not included. And some people are making out, the though. argument that it just came out. Other people are saying there are other games that are really recent that that have are hitting other nomination lists. Um, you know, what mine is that I'm surprised is Returnal. You think no, Returnal I'm, I'm should not be surprised. on? It? Yeah, yeah. I saw other people bringing up Returnal. I thought Returnal was really good, but since it kind of frustrated me, it got to that point where I never, I never got that connected to it. I think honestly, if it launched with the ability to save and run, it would be. I think so. That's think what's holding it back it. for me personally. Yeah, I think I would have actually gotten through to beating it had that been the case. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, it's he brought up about Forza being on there, and it it brought up this weird thing. I guess I'm kind of curious your guys' thoughts. Have y'all ever played a racing game that you feel like has pushed the, the boundaries so far of gaming that you're like, yeah, that should be game. That, that should be a nope. game of the year contender. I haven't either. And don't be wrong, I love racing games. The very first Forza Horizon. You think? Yeah. Because it did something back then that like visually that was like, this is unseen. Now what do you mean? Just like how good the graphics like were. Like literally what it looked like. On a console, yeah. Well, and the thing is, is like sports games and racing games are low hanging fruit for early days of next gen consoles to look great. They always have been. Motorsport, uh, not Motorsport, um, Motorstorm on PlayStation 3 was um, probably the best looking launch game by a yeah. mile because it's car games have a very focused rendering distance and you can turn corners and all these different things and set it up to where oh this works out really well and yeah. there are, are games in the racing genre that i absolutely adore but i've never played one that after playing and i was like this should be game of the year which i guess gets to this point of like what do you consider to be a game of the year and i think some people are like what well, pushes the story boundary in this way or it pushes the uh, ideas behind what you do like oh there's people that thought about god of war because of the single shot camera and things like that, which it's not the only game to have ever done that, but yeah, there's different things that people look as what makes something game of the year uh, winning. Oh, it did mechanics in a weird way that no one anticipated. Like I think it takes two. The big thing there is it, it pushes the idea of co-op gaming and in a way that's just really fun and unique altogether with a bunch of other stuff, or at least that's what I've heard. But is there a point where if, Forza, which I don't think it is, but that's just my opinion. I did play Forza, by the way, but um, if the game is just so purely fun that even though it doesn't do anything else, I guess... Hades. I guess it's reasonable to say it could be game of the year, Hades. right? That's kind of what Hades did, right? What else did Hades do other than like other than its story and soundtrack and like, characters and stuff like that? It's typical story stuff. Did it do to push the envelope? It didn't do anything. It did the same other stuff, like, but with the phenomenal voice acting, stories, characters, art design, and gameplay, it did what a game should do. And it, and it won game of the year. Yeah, it, it didn't nominated. do anything innovative, but it just did everything else superbly. So, yeah, I it think doesn't always fair. have to push the envelope. Yeah, I think you're right. I just, you know, it's funny people talk about that, and it, they might be right that it's that racing games never get nominated just because they're racing games. Maybe. I genuinely don't know the answer. But at the same time, at the same time, I'll say that. 
yearly sports games also never get nominated. And I don't know if Chris has the feeling that uh, an MLB The Show should have been Game of the Year one year or not. But <laughs> no, I. But that's kind of what I was going to say is like you don't see Call of Duty win Game of the Year. You don't see um, sports games win Game of the Year. I don't think you'll ever see a racing game because I don't know. For all intents and purposes, I don't think there's. It's not like they they have variety just because they're fun to play. I think I don't know. I don't know if there's a good defining reason why not, but I just I can't see a game like that making a game of the year list for anybody. Let's just something super different. And Forza is a really good one of those that doesn't make a game of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, I was trying to think about it when he said that. I was like, you know, what would make a racer fall on that thing? Like, what could you do mechanically, story? What what can you do to make a racing game genuinely interesting? And I'm and even then, there's there's shtick sometimes. But like some of the coolest things I've seen in racing is actually things like uh, Split Second, where you have, uh, which is a, an old PS3 game made by Disney Game Studios, yeah. but. Um, where the whole idea was having these weird mechanics based around time and what you can do. Um, it's been a hot minute since I played it. I didn't even beat it because I was poor back then. Uh, but it's like an arcade racing game that has that little stick of, okay, you have a split second to basically figure out what you're doing in this little thing. And those things work. They build up, a, it's, it's your power play meter or whatever. And then eventually you get to do this little... Um, thing where you trigger it and you can create obstacles and stuff for other players. But that's more about gameplay. And I thought that was really interesting. But even that year, I wasn't like game of the year. You know what I mean? And I think that's one of the, probably the most actually interesting things that a game, a racing game has done. So I don't know. It's weird. I guess maybe we're joining the snubs <clears throat> on accident of game of the, of uh, racing games, not hitting yeah. game of the year. List, I but. was trying to think of what they could even do. And the thing is, I think the only way to differentiate a racing game is to make it no longer a racing game. You know? Well, do you remember when Need for Speed tried to do that with Need for Speed The Run? Yeah. Yep. To the point like where it was, it, was, it was being marketed for the fact that there were on-foot sections in this game. Mm. Hold on. It was The Run, right? That's, I, I'm, I feel like that's right. Hold on. On-foot. Let me make sure I'm not. There were so many Need for Speed games back for a while, and they were literally every year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here it is. Sections where the the, the character is traveling on foot, <laughs> which is just it's weird. But I was thinking that too. Like that could be what they do if someone built like a really beautifully poignant story inside of a racing game. That would be really interesting to see someone be like, "All right, we're going to do a bunch of storytelling all within a car." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it's probably not going to be a traditional racing game either, right? It's probably not going to be you racing other people. Uh, it's probably not going to have online components that you're worried about. It's probably going to be a really focused story of like, we're going to tell a bunch of stories through this. Like if you made a game like uh, a movie like Speed with Keanu Reeves into a, into a racing game, it's Dude, like I'd all in a car. Out of that. Yeah, so I mean, I don't it's know. Like, and Oh, that would be so sick! Like a Telltale game, but the whole time you're also driving a car, so it's like you're picking dialogue choices, and it's like Passenger Six will remember that, you know. And well, that dude, kind of stuff. you could you you could kind of do that because if you think about that game, and I haven't gotten to play it yet, but I've seen people play it. Uh, Twelve minutes. It yeah. all takes place in one room. 
Mm-hmm. The entire game is just one room. If you set the entire thing up as if whether it's you driving or even just being on the bus, you could def or it, being in, in a car, right? Make a game about a hostage situation where it's a guy like at the beginning of the game, you get into your car and you start driving. And it turns out there was somebody in the back seat. They pop up and they have their gun pointed to their, your head. And the entire game is about the decisions that you make to try and get out of the situation. You could do that. Yeah, I would play you could it. absolutely do that. Now that, that that's not a racing game, <laughs> you know what I mean. That's exactly. kind of what I, it's. Uh, it's it's rough, but that's where we are. So uh, rude days. I hope that uh, I hope that you're not angry with the fact that we both apparently don't think Forza should be on there. All three of us don't think. I'll at least give you this. Saul thought Forza Horizon One should have been on there back when it first came out. Yeah. So you got to something. be fair, I'm not saying it can't. I'm not saying none of these could be your personal game of the year awards. Yeah, I just think when you're actually looking at the the media side of it all, I don't I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends. I'm sure there's someone out there that gives Forza their game of the year. That's even a media big figurehead. So wait and see. Uh, next thing up, though, Black Friday is ongoing at PlayStation and going through Monday, November. Excuse me, November 29th. The sale includes digital purchases on PS Store as well as deals on physical games from the PlayStation Direct site. And finally, 20% off of apparel, accessories, and collectibles from the PlayStation Gear site. So there goes that. There's a bunch of other Black Friday stuff going on. Buy two, get ones at Target for a while. I think buy two, get one maybe at GameStop. There's a bunch of stuff going on. So check in your area. Get some good games while they're cheap. Um, if you if you manage to get Guardians for 30 bucks. That you you just got an even better deal. It was yeah. it was a deal at sixty dollars, in my opinion. Uh, you know, I'm surprised that wasn't one of the games they just were like, yeah, we're just gonna go ahead and push it to seventy. They could have. I don't think anybody would have cared really. Uh, next thing up is the Saints Row reboot that was originally scheduled to release February 25th has been officially delayed by Volition, citing the typical reasons for delays, such as wanting to meet their own internal expectations for the project, the impact of COVID, and such landing on a new release date of August 23rd. So if you're wanting to play it uh, in February, too bad. But the one upside of this is it's one less game for February to weigh everybody down. So... Maybe this reminds me of the February 2019 when there was like four or five huge games releasing all on the same exact day. And then by the time it was all done, like two or three of them got delayed. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about so, right. Works out. Uh, but there goes that. On the flip side, though, while we're seeing games get delayed, we have an interesting instance of the opposite with Sifu. So Sifu is that martial arts beat-em-up game that Shoney, uh, Sony showed off during one of their state of plays, I want to say, uh, from the developer behind Absolver. It is being released two weeks prior to its original release date that they recently uh, announced on February 22nd and making it move up to the February 8th date. This comes off the back of the game originally delaying out from this year. So it's interesting to see it move up, but hopefully this isn't one of those Final Fantasy to see um, 15 moments where either they, they move it up just for it to have to knock back down by two <laughs> or three weeks in the long run. Uh, but also, th- hopefully it doesn't mean they come out with uh, a game at, uh, w- not working right because they wanted to scooch up two weeks. Uh, we'll see what ends up happening. This does bring an interesting question, though. Do you think that the games like Sifu and other stuff that we're looking at February are trying to move because of the fact that there's a higher chance of success if you come out before Horizon, Elden Ring, Grand Theft Auto V's next-gen release, and all those games, are, are, I have to assume that's it, right? Because once those other games release, if, even if you release after, people are so inundated with other stuff, they have a smaller chance of buying your game, right? 
Yeah, I would think that's probably it. I played Absolver really hard for two weeks. So, like, this may be the good call of something like this. Like, it's it's two weeks ahead of everything. Yeah, it's the perfect game for like a two week time span. Actually, I think it's ahead, it's a week ahead of Horizon, if I remember correctly. But still, I mean, like you said, you get a couple of weeks really head down into it. So, yeah. And like, for there's people like me, like with Elden Ring coming out in that month, I'm not playing anything once that hits. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not even getting devoted to Horizon beforehand. To not like when Dark Souls three came out, I was knees deep in Final Fantasy fourteen, and I literally went to GameStop, got Dark Souls three, brought it back, and played Final Fantasy fourteen for like eight more hours that day before I popped in Dark Souls three. I'm not doing that loan ring. I'm giving it my full attention. I'm taking off work. I'm giving it the full treatment. It's getting everything. It's getting everything. Okay, we'll see how that ends up working out. Um, It's you know the weird thing about that is that. I always, I always got the feeling of playing Absolver that they intended for it to be like a live service game to a degree. Yeah. And yet that I did the exact same thing. I played it really hard for about two weeks and I was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, I think it's because <laughs> it failed the live service requirements of a player base. I think if it had a more consistent and popular player base, the game would have had retained a lot more of its time. Maybe, but you know, I played it way out when they gave it for free on PS Plus. Well, then again, PS Plus. I th- uh, I, so I there was a bunch launched, of people. I think it launched for free on PlayStation Plus because that's when I played it. And I think it launched at the same time. It might have. I don't. I felt like it didn't, but it might have. Because I remember by the time I played it, you had already played it, and you thought, it "Oh, was maybe good. not then." So I don't it, remember buying the game. I guess I should. Yeah, say. who knows? But there's a million reasons to, or a million ways to get it for free. Because I think it was on game uh, or well, Game Pass probably as well. But PS Now at some point as well. So who knows how where I actually played it? But either way, uh, next thing up, Rockstar have pushed out the first big bug squashing update or patch for the Grand Theft Auto trilogy after offering an apology for the state of the title's release. Update 1.02 aims to fix quite the laundry list of issues with Rockstar stating intention to continue to improve each game going forward. On PC, the original release of the three titles were added back to the store after they were removed for this, uh, but that's yet to happen on consoles and might not. So... um, Right now on, on consoles, unless you already bought the other ones, this is the only way to go about buying the new Grand Theft or the uh, the original Grand Theft Auto games, um, which is kind of interesting to see. Even though I know it wasn't Rockstar developing it, to see Rockstar basically come into the cyberpunk shoes, <laughs> just just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, but we'll see. I haven't played it still, so I can't say it's that broken. Have you played it at all since the update? No, I haven't tried it since then. I should have. Yeah, I didn't think so. I mean, it's only like a day or two old at this point, so. Chivalry, baby. <laughs> My attention was elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next thing. Warner Brothers Games announces their worst kept secret of the year by finally showing off multiverses. And much to Chris and I's chagrin, it's not anything other than just a platform fighter, which is okay. It's a free, it's their free to play take on a platform fighter uh, that pits Arya Stark against Shaggy or Batman against Tom and Jerry or anything <laughs> you want to do. This will be a live service game. So expect new characters, arenas and big events being added to the game over time. And unlike the recent Nicktoons uh, take on the genre, this game will feature full voice acting complete with many big name voices reprising their roles for the title, such as Matthew Lillard coming back for Shaggy and Kevin Conroy voicing Batman, which this is kind of interesting because I know you laughed about Arya Stark and, and Shaggy, but the interesting thing here is if you remember for Nick, you wanted them to add live action characters in, yeah. but they didn't. And right. instead, multiverse is just like, screw it. Let's just add them in, but make them 
a, a cartoony design. Yeah, and so that's that the problem. They design. shouldn't have been the car- a cartoony design. If this is Matthew Lillard's Shaggy, Matthew Lillard should be in the game. Oh, like... <laughs> like, I'm <laughs> I talking literally yeah. Matthew Lillard. Like you were talking about, using the old, like, oh, just record them and then put them frame yes. by frame into the game with their movesets. I would love that from a pure nostalgia and just like, so it would be way more unique as a result. But yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think people don't like that because it's harder to figure out like iframes and stuff like I don't that. Give because a shit if they like it or not. I don't need iframes. I need Matthew Lillard. I, it doesn't look as bad as I anticipated it to. Oh, I, graphically, it I actually think awesome. the game looks pretty good. Yeah. Arguably, it looks not a lot better than the Nicktoons one, and it has voice acting, and it's free to play, which is not that surprising. Well, I wonder what the screenshot is. This is it's Batman, but it says not Bruce Wayne, and then for Arya, it says girl has no name. Which this, that's her. That's like the girl that has no name. Is like a I think that's just their people's online th- tags, and they're just making jokes with them. Oh, uh, maybe so. Yeah. Also, we got the old Tom and Jerry uh, being a, a double team tag thing. Now, there's yeah, something about that. this that I actually like quite a bit, uh, and it is specifically the fact that one care. Whenever you're a team, if you decide to team up, you benefit from the other people saying so. Like if Bugs Bunny digs a hole, you and your teammate can both use that hole, but your enemies can't. Interesting. And I was like, that's kind of interesting to see how these things go off. Also, there's a lot of interesting things I'm seeing already, like using Jake's bendability to act as a quick shield for people. So if someone tries to come and edge grab real quick, you can extend your body down, hit, keep them from hitting the ledge, and then pull your body back up and catch ledge. Well, I know I'm going to main Batman if I play this game. This looks far better. It, it reminds me of exactly what we were talking about the Nicktoons. It looks far better than I would have thought. <laughs> It, it does, and it looks better than that than that did, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, do you guys have any dream characters for this game? Man, because of the fact that there's like live action, this could do anything. I'm gonna That's, go back to dude, yeah. Terry McGinnis. Dude, pull in Dune characters. I, yes. Let me use the voice on people. Oh, that'd Why be cool. not? Let me have the shield. Let people have to break my shield down. Like if I use it as a special ability or something, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. temporary, but you have the shield. I oh, think dude. that would be cool. Put in Harry Potter and give me the Soma Cruz execution style of Castlevania on DS, where his final smash is like when you make a spell, you have to like do a thing with your analog sticks to like <laughs> to like make the spell like a rune. I actually think Harry Potter should be in this, and I'm very I'm I would be very surprised if it doesn't. I'm yeah, surprised it's not a launch character. Yeah, you know who I want? Call me crazy, Anderson Cooper. <laughs> wow. Come on. They own Anderson CNN. Cooper works for CNN. Does WB they, own CNN? WB owns CNN. I checked. Dude, at this point, why not? Right? That's almost super meta anyway at this point, right? I would, the only problem oh, is... Oh, we can't use that term anymore. You can't use meta, Facebook. Uh, it's like whenever people used to make the joke that Paris Hilton uh, <laughs> coined the catchphrase of that's hot. It's like, she just made 20 cents. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the idea of being like, it's so ridiculous that we're going to put Anderson Cooper in. But at the same time, I, if you actually asked me what my real opinion was from like a should a company do it, I think that they would get lambasted for including something that could be perceived by some people as political. So probably shouldn't no. do that. <laughs> Anderson Cooper would be a te- put Anderson Cooper and Tucker I agree. Carlson. I don't care. And then you could <laughs> do have, they own Fox? No, but you know, balance it out. There's no Republicans <laughs> at CNN, so I can't. That's Tucker Carlson's the only one I could think of. <laughs> Fair enough. 
<laughs> you know, I'm trying to think because there's so much that you can do with just literally WB that it becomes a thing of like, think about all of the weird WB cartoons that came in, have come and gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And to what degree can they use some of their extended licensing for things that they may not have even done? Like, can we get a, um, can we get Metabots characters in this? Metabots was on. Cool. Uh, what was it called when it was uh, the WB? I can't remember what channel it was, but you know the WB when they had all their cartoons on there. Yeah, the Fox, the Matrix is WB. Like, are you kidding? Yeah, yeah dude. Like, I'm I, honestly a, another surprise. I can't believe Matrix is. I mean, our Neo or someone is not in here considering that a new Matrix movie is coming. Well, because they'll probably it'll probably be a DLC character in, on, in December, <laughs> depending on when this game comes out. Oh, that's a fair point. With it being free to play, that doesn't mean all the characters will actually be free. You'll probably have to buy the ones that you want yeah, to play at pro- certain points. What will happen is that it'll come out in Neo, Harry Potter, Dune, Godzilla, King Kong, all DLC characters on day one. Fair. Dude, they have friends. Could you imagine? It's just like <laughs> Ross and Rachel are a tag team. <laughs> oh, boy. I mean... The, the crazy thing is, is I know we're going really far out there, but there's no reason these things can't. Are happen. we going that far out there? Like, well, friends? if you're going to call a game metaverses, the the whole point is to have the ridiculous moment of Arya Stark going against Shaggy. That's a exactly. ridiculous concept. That's just as ridiculous as pitting Batman against Anderson Cooper. <laughs> you know what like, I mean? I would. I'm dying for a trailer of, and it's just <laughs> in the metaverse. It's the apartment, and it's just all six of them fighting in the apartment. I would. That's pay the for stage. That. Yes, that would be great. That stage, they could have the central perk or whatever. You could do a lot of stuff. Hmm. You could do a lot of things. There's got to be a, a deep well of WB characters that can come in. I'm also surprised, and I'm wondering if they will, considering I think they're trying. Well, I don't know. They put Arya. Would they be willing to put Mortal Kombat characters into this? If the they whole thing to. started from that thing where they had uh, Scorpion and Shaggy in that little WB intro? They have uh, to. I think they have to as well. I mean, it's just it, it seemed like it would be a waste otherwise, right? Yep, we can get... Oh, there's just so much stuff that they could do. I hope they don't they don't be too uh, conservative with what they do. And I really hope Hold this on. doesn't be W WB owns some sort of rights, some extension rights. They don't own, I think. They have an agreement to do stuff for Middle Earth. That means there can be Lord of the Rings characters in here. Is True. Gandalf is in it, isn't he? What is Gandalf in it already? I'm pretty Am sure he is. I didn't see that in the in the initial roster because there's only like ten characters. That's the one thing I would say is as a starting point. No, oh, dude, the Flintstones, bruh. It might have been that he was leaked, but yeah, I can only, see that. My only worry is that this ends up becoming kind of like how Sword Fighters became in Smash, and it's like a couple other guys, and it's oh, this is just a DC fighting game. Yeah, yeah. If you don't watch out, it just becomes a very specific thing. Uh, but you have so much stuff. You can put in Mad Max. I, I'm actually pulling up a list of just things that, just so I'm not trying to rack my brain. Police Academy. Bro, you can yeah. have people from Police Academy in I here making too. sound effects and then throwing them out with their hands. Like my old oh, my old idea that I still wish I had time and energy to, to do. My game about people who are pacifists fighting but the entire fighting game is just them saying words and then like you see them throw them out of their hands and stuff and like yes. hit each other with them and that's how you destroy each other so it's basically like you out talk to the other person you know what i mean that's how they did uh phoenix right in um marvel versus capcom 3 
Oh really? Yeah, you yeah. just throw out, objection. Yes. Yeah, you, you can hit. totally make these things worse. Work. You can have like Gandhi throwing out like his you know little sayings from him. You can have Martin Luther King over there like I have a dream, throw it out and hit people and stuff. Why not? Yeah. That would be awesome. I would love that. I, I, maybe it'd be hard from a historical standpoint, like to get those characters in there. I'm just looking at what they had in Space Jam and like Casablanca, Austin Powers. Uh, Hold on, there's not a Lego character here. WB does the Lego movies. Dude, there you go. I would actually, that would be basically their version of the Minecraft character where you just build up the things you want to do. Yeah. Or it's just that Chris would actually Pratt be pretty cool. in the Lego movie one. Yeah, I mean, definitely could be. Interesting. Clockwork Orange. Well, we get those guys. It really does depend on how deep they want to go because, like, I'm looking at this and th- some of these things are not putting in here because right? they could put stuff in from HBO considering they own that. And that's not in every single one of these things. So yeah. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what they choose to do in the long run. Um, so, all right. Well, that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing here. Hopefully it stays promising looking and actually ends up being good. Uh, the last thing up before we get into the final topic of the <coughs> show, um, the Android remote play app for PlayStation has been updated to support dual sense as well as new features when using the DualShock 4 as well as the touchpad, motion sensor, and even rumble so that you don't miss any aspects when playing on the go. I think across the board, that's a good thing. Uh, being able to actually do all that and not miss out on any of your feature set and have the touchpad so that games that require it have the ability to be used sounds like a, a win-win situation. Uh, what are you guys thinking about that? I don't really stream games, so good for them. That I do don't that. either, but you know, I know people that do. So for them, it's a, it's a good setup. I've done it a couple times where someone's like, oh, let's watch something in the living room. And I'm like, well... I don't want to, but I'll put my computer here with a controller and I'll just sit here. I'll, with you. I'll pretend. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'll pretend to spend time with you while I'm actually doing some trophy grinding. Cause See, my you get Chris, it. And that's you what get I do. Me. I know. Like, no, mom, I'm watching. I swear. I just have to do the same repetitive motion for 13 hours. <laughs> 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 okay. So. Before we get into that last topic, we'll go ahead and jump into the community's take for this week, which was based off of last week's talk about the PlayStation 5 hitting one year. And a lot of people are doing this, so it's no big surprise. But basically reached out and asked you guys, and thank, uh, thankfully Josh uh, Ayers, one of our patrons and longtime listeners, friends, helped me out yesterday and reminded me to post this. So uh, basically the question at play here is... Oh, look, the silent protagonist thing is still just there. How happy are you with the first year of PS5 from features to games to PS Plus and anything you can think of regarding Sony and the system? This can be answered whether you have the system or not, because I think depending on why you don't have it or you can be unhappy that the first year you you still can't get it. You can be unhappy that you haven't wanted it because they haven't proven to you that you should get one. There's a lot of different questions there that come into play. But over on Facebook, we got uh, Josh Farmier says, pretty damn happy this game the the games look good and load fast ps plus games have been good ps plus collection was pretty cool too whoa i did not click on that but thanks uh a lot of those i never had i'm in the minority here but i like the look of it too josh i also like the look of the system so i feel you um PS Plus has been pretty good. PS Plus Collection is a great idea. I've just played most of those games. So it's like, oh, that's cool, but I don't really benefit from it. Uh, 
Now, here goes Mr. Mark Schutz, also over on Facebook, one of our patrons. He says, I didn't buy it for the year one releases. The only one that really appealed was Ratchet, but I'm not paying what they're asking for that right now. I bought it to be prepared for when the big hitters land in the next two three or maybe even four years looks terrible love the headphones and it's the best controller they've ever produced uh on those last three i disagree i don't know about the headphones because i don't have any um and it is the best controller they've ever produced and also just throwing this out there for anyone that doesn't know because I, I think chris was who didn't know the other day oh if you're unaware if you ever need to mute your entire playstation oh. 5 you can just hold the microphone button in the center of the controller for like two seconds and it mutes the entire system, True. not just your mic. So it's like revelation. If you're playing a game and it's got loud all of a sudden you can hold the button and it mute the game on your TV. Yep. Oh, that's it cool. mutes the entire console. That's really cool. I didn't know if you meant like system notification sounds or like little beep beeps. On Literally startup. any noise that comes out of the system is just muted. That's cool. Yeah. I use it all the time. Like somebody will come in and do something and I'll just because you know you can't even pause most pause games like most pause menus have like obnoxious music or something yeah so if so someone's trying to talk to you you gotta be like okay one second so yeah it's very useful for phone calls and stuff like that that might get in the way interesting uh, and of course it works with headphones on if you have headphones plugged into it, it still does the same thing it just mutes the system's audio so there goes your trick for the for the thing here uh let's see Saul, do you want to grab some off of discord real quick uh well actually, i actually have one on twitter here i, want oh, to yeah, okay, good. I was um, trying to get twitter pulled up so. that was that's our buddy it's a long time buddy of ours ryan um he says not happy really bummed in 2021 playstation had come up with a better way to distribute hardware without making it a free-for-all doesn't really matter to me as i have no interest in any ps5 games yet but i am pleased with the gt marketing so far Hoping GT for merch. Uh, Gran Turismo is mm-hmm. GT in that eyes, just in case he needed to know. Now, Saul and I have had a conversation about this to a degree, and we have on the show a few times, uh, but specifically to what here is the idea that it's a free-for-all to get the system. And it's it's a tricky situation because as we were talking about with your brother, Seth, mm-hmm. this idea of it's unfair that you basically do a lottery and all these different things. And we talked about the idea that like, in some ways, this is almost better because if you do this thing where you let everybody come into a, a digital queue, yeah, but then you let people check out by the queue, you're just as likely in the long run to still not get in there because of the millions of bots that may come in and put themselves in place first. Yep. When they randomize it like this. You'll actually have like a worse opportunity at that point yeah. because you don't have millions of bots. Yeah, so if you're doing it the normal way. So when it's a random lottery and you go into the queue and then whenever the the queue opens, it's just literally sliding random people in with like a digital lottery ticket thing. It's unfortunate, but I think considering what's going on, it's the only real solution that they have outside of... And and they're they're already doing things for that to a degree, right? For PlayStation Direct, you have to be logged into a PlayStation Network account and that account doesn't... I don't think it has to have PS Plus, but you at least have to be logged in, and that way they can say one per account. So bots are basically shut down because to buy from PlayStation Direct, you would have to make a botted account for each one of those. doesn't mean you won't do it, but it's a huge deterrence. Yeah, it is. So making 20 accounts so you can buy 20 PlayStations and then hoping that every time there's a drop that you can get 20 in there, it's a lot to to work off of. So um, I agree that it's unfortunate, Ryan, but I think they're in reality they're doing about the best they can. my real hope is that the next move we see in that regard is them getting into stores so that stores can even more strictly enforce one per li- like basically one per driver's license until yeah. they come into normal stock. Um, 
or something, even if it's not one, right? Because I think there's a core situations where you have the money and the opportunity and you want to buy one for yourself and one for your kid. You should be able to do that. Right. But it's <clears> hard. <throat> Uh, another one on Twitter is our good buddy Kevin Baconbit, aka Dennis. He says, "I'm right in the middle. Not super impressed, nor am I disappointed. I love the faster load times, but like the PS4 UI more. Can't say much for exclusive since I have I've only played Astro's Playroom and Ratchet. I'm excited to see how they further improve the UI and games to come. So, I that's the common, uh, kind of the common take with this one. Not that, that it's bad. I'm actually, I I thought I was in the the." minority on that but i'm glad to see that someone else at least is saying so i think i like the ps4 ui more myself <laughs> and i think it had way more functionality it's gotten better since they've updated certain things like it knowing what's a ps4 and ps5 game i will still forever hold them accountable for the the, the whole home button reversal oh dude i don't even know I'm why you do that it. i'm still not used to it I, I me either every time i hit it i'm like oh nope hold it and you know it's worse every now then when i get on ps4 i have the exact opposite problem yeah Yep. It's like when I'm on PS5, my brain thinks I'm on PS4. But when I'm on PS4, my brain's like, no, remember, remember. So, so here's the dumb thing. So now at this point, Xbox Series X and the PS5 are the exact same way you navigate home menus and then mm-hmm. quick menus. I still on the Series X, I'm like, no, back to the <laughs> PS4 method. Me too. Because it's like I had to tell my brain that when I played the Series X or the S or the 1 because I was so used to PS4. Now I'm still so used to PS4 because I've been playing it for four years, five years. Honestly, I'm not a fan of the Xbox UI either. The one upside, like I would say one, one of the big upsides that I have for moving to PC is that it's just so much easier to navigate when I'm playing Xbox games with people than the actual Series S was. One thing that I did do that, uh, I don't know if this was a new feature or what, but I've just now got into it's like tabbing games. So like all I have to do now is when my Xbox is powered on, I hit down A and all my games are there. Oh yeah, you're talking about the from I, I don't know what it's called, but yeah, it's it's you're talking about smart resume when you can resume. No, 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 no. It's or... not smart resume. It's like a it's like a menu pin. Oh, to where like you can open up and just suddenly quickly see all your games. Your entire library, yeah. Hmm, I don't know that what that is either. I don't I, but I find that much easier to do with. I actually I actually have the same complaint I had with the Xbox UI that I have a PS5 UI. It's too busy. Yeah. Like like you start like you start you start your PlayStation up and there's a Fortnite ad on my screen and I'm like nope yeah over to the game like where it should be highlighted because I'm playing a game not to the store tab yeah I think the system should start on the last game that you played I think yeah. it's very odd that it tries to the result I, I get it they're trying to drive you into the store to buy something and they're hoping that you see an ad that makes you go I need that I need I need Naruto and Fortnite yeah no. <laughs> So I get what they're trying to go through. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go grab one over on Discord. We got a bunch over there as well. We have Awesome Dave 1337 He says, my first year has been a banger. I got my PS5 in March, and I've been super happy with it. Returnal is still my favorite PS5 game and is his game of the year. Oh, wow. And his <laughs> proudest platinums. Bruh. That's a hard platinum. That's, yeah, that's impressive. I'm very happy for you. Proud of you. He says, even just the load times on PS4 games are better. Horizon Zero Dawn was very noticeable. Overall, it's been an awesome first year. Uh, the one thing I think is the the through line for pretty much everybody is once you move to the next gen consoles and then ask, I have to go back to one of the old ones, it's immediately like oh this loading is like terrible. You know uh, Donovan's been playing Sea of Thieves with me, um, and he's still on the One X, and so anytime oh. he dies, it's like oh. forty five seconds of loading. Anytime they pops a mermaid, it's like twenty seconds of loading. Whereas if I pop a mermaid, I'm back on the ship in like less than three seconds. Annie was playing Skyrim like last week, and I walked by, and she's sitting at a loading screen. Like I made a sandwich, 
and she was still on the loading screen. <laughs> Granted, she's on the base PS1 but, or PS4. PS1, <laughs> Sky or PS1. Bruh. Go get it right now. But yeah, it's, uh, it was not good. Ooh. Well, you know, coming back around to Rude Days 93, one of our patrons, he says, when taking COVID into account, I would give the PS5 an A. The only real negative I have is that the UI just seemed to be released bare bones and had some head-scratching issues like having the added extra steps just to get to your trophies, absolutely, which are now fixed, Ugh. but just has you wondering why not just copy the majority of the PS4 UI features, folders, and themes, anyone? Otherwise, the games have been great. The controller, when used correctly, is the premier next-gen feature this year, and the non-existent loading screen basically makes it impossible to ever go back to a last-gen console. Yeah. And yeah, I, I still agree. I'm, I was more curious to see what people did, but I have gotten to the point where when I'm playing Sea of Thieves on Xbox, I actively miss the fact that there's no resistance on the triggers. Like it, it yeah. is literally something I'm like, oh, I didn't know how quickly my brain would adapt to the fact that when you're doing something that your brain knows has tension, it's, yeah. it, the, the trigger has it on PlayStation 4. I absolutely love that. And I feel like almost every game has gotten to the point where they're using the triggers right. The haptics are still hit or miss, but like even even something as simple as um the the way they handled the the uh, the trigger rather in Alan Wake surprised me. I would have thought that that would have been like a secondary thought in that. But when you go to aim the flashlight, it's got a little bit of resistance to it. When you go to shoot, it kicks. Those things are nice and I really love it. You know how I can describe uh dual sense to people now? It's how DualSense is the extra immersion that the theater provides for Dune. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is, bro. I was talking to Saul about how when you watch Dune, I can't imagine watching it at home because my sound system cannot handle the sounds that were coming out of that thing. And that movie had left me in a trance from just the, the sounds. Yeah. Like the entire movie, I was just dead focused because I was like, even if there's nothing going on in the strike. The, the shots are pretty, but even if there's nothing important going on, it's just a lingering shot. Lingering a shot of a camera over the desert, then having a in your ears, it's like, but not like that. It's it's impossible to do with the theater. It, yeah, did. it's 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 almost disturbing in a weird way. You can really feel. It makes you feel like you're in Dune. Um, but yeah, <laughs> makes you really feel like a sandworm. I need the spice. Uh, Safe dog comes back for his hot take. He had, he's been missing for a while, but he said that he had to come back and throw one more in the chamber before he got too busy uh, with his job. So uh, I know how that is working post offices. Uh, it, it gets hard around this time of the year, so best luck to you. He says, pandemic or not, the console has been solid and the PS5 only games have been good. What hasn't been good is the marketing and leadership. I think they aren't as good as marketing as they used to be. Aim mentions Kevin Butler. I feel the pandemic also affected this as well since it forced the we believe in generations, but never mind now we don't issue. Yep. 2022 is set to be a killer year. Hopefully they address the UI and party system soon. And I will agree with that. The party system is still just odd. And I find it weird they got to dig through layers to get to the party I'm in at the moment. Yeah, okay. It just doesn't make sense. Dude, I have been playing Apex with for two years and i've been playing it for a year on the ps5 and i still do not know how to make a party properly <laughs> no, dude no, I, yeah i don't either <laughs> i'm glad day, i don't i'm glad i, play I don't play any online game on playstation otherwise yeah. i would probably just be like i'm i'm fed up with this it doesn't All of that make ends sense up being on pc because right sometimes now. it'll tell me to I just okay. You've joined the party, and it's like okay. Did I invite him? Because I need to invite him so he knows I'm in the party. Or is it just I'm sitting in a party that both of us were in at one point, but he doesn't know I'm in it. Oh, it that, sucks. Yeah, I that's can't the problem. Stand it. That, 
I get the idea. The idea should be that the party is just evergreen and you join in, but that doesn't help if nobody knows you've joined in too. So right. it would be like if you joined it, the other people in the party get a notification. It's like, hey, he's joined this party. It does do that, but it just I've feels never had wrong. That. I've never had that happen. Well, maybe someone needs to invite you to a party <laughs> or something. I, I haven't done much. Like clearly I played a way out with you. Yeah. But and you invited just, me. You know, um, yes, that is true. But whenever people do invite me, I get the invite. But if yeah. someone just joins a party that we already had open, it doesn't invite me. That's it what just, I'm saying. Though, I'm, I've I'm had pr- people be sitting there and be like, I've been waiting for you, man. I've been in the party. I'm like, I don't know that. I have zero clue what you're talking about. I'm, I'm yeah. doing something else. You can't just join the party and be like, oh, Brett, Brett, Brett will know. The, the system will tell him. It should. It just doesn't. It should. It's bad because I'll text my friend. It's still just in case he doesn't realize that I jumped in. So I get you're You're not wrong. It reminds me of like my phone, and uh, and I actually haven't looked to see if it's still a problem on my new phone. But my last phone, and the fact that any time that you would ever message me on Discord, I just wouldn't get the notification unless yeah. you added me. And then at one point, you added me, and I still didn't get the notification. Yeah. And I was like, well, what's the point then? Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he continues on uh, from the party system talking about adding SSD support late summer was a welcome addition. Right now, I think Sony needs to step up and offer optional side plates for the console and the design lab for controllers. It's easy money. One thing I forgot to put into news that I saw earlier this week and tried to commit, but thankfully he reminded me. Uh, Sony has done new patents for plates, seeming very likely that we're about to start getting custom ones. Uh, it only took them a year and a bunch of lawsuits <laughs> towards yeah, other right. people, but. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's not. It's not about the. It's not about how how you get there. It's just the end goal, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the opposite of what we're normally told. It's the reasonable lawsuits, and now we get some Ghost of Tsushima branded faceplates for your PS Five. Dude, if, if considering it took a year, we better get some baller ones. Dude, you one. know they the better problem, be more than just a print. It's, <laughs> dude, the problem with these is they're all going to be glossy, and I don't want a glossy. I don't think PS5. they will be actually, dude. I I would be shocked if they made these matte, but that's just me. Well, they made the Last of Us two one matte on PlayStation. Now that's yeah, the only the, thing that gives me a hope because yeah. you're right. Most of the cool PlayStation ones before were like ooh high gloss. Because that's not. Good. I had I had the uh, Star Wars Battlefront two PS4 Pro, mm-hmm. and it was yeah. incredibly glossy. Yeah, super gloss. Yeah, Dude. the God of War one was like that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have really preferred that one to be matte and then inset like the runes that are on the axe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead, it's just a flat, glossy print. And that's right. my hope here is that we don't get flat, glossy prints. Use dimension. These are custom. Do what Xbox does. Gouge your plate. Make it look like it has yeah. dimension and depth and make it interesting. Dude, just make uh, make them limited edition, like premium products if you have to, but make them $50, nice. $50, fine. I'll pay it if, it, if they are worth it, you know, if they right. look it. But if it's just a $50 for a flat print of the of the Leviathan Axe skin, no thank you. Right, it's, exactly. That's too much. I can just, I can just get a I can skin and put it on. It looks the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll get Go the extra Etsy. mile. Yeah, I do agree, though. It's easy money. I would be really curious to see if uh, PlayStation ever gets around to Design Lab for controllers because Blake was talking about that for Xbox the other day, and for like a $10 upcharge, you can get whatever you want. That's awesome. Why would you not do that? Well, I mean, then you pay more if you want engravings, but just even from a color standpoint, it's pretty awesome. Exactly. So we will see what happens there. I'm going to grab... Let me see. We got a lot this time, so I want to see if I can grab two more. I grab a quick one off of a uh, Twitter that I really liked. Go for it. From Soul Slayer 
434, he said, I enjoy playing PS4 games, uh, or I, I enjoy playing PS4 games on it and faster loads. That's mostly it. Plus, Demon Souls remake was sick. I just <laughs> wanted to throw that in there because the Demon Souls remake is sick. It is. So I want to yeah. look because we've been talking about people who are mostly happy, but I want to look at people who are offering strong, you know, actual strong criticism and kind of go through that. Um, so Joey McPherson says, if I had to give it a grade, it'd be a B plus or an A minus. There are some features that were not good. For starters, the PlayStation Smart Delivery was not smart at all. The save transfers is really bad, and it continues to be pretty bad. <laughs> I wish we had folders. The automatic updates never update anything, and on PS4, every now and then. I would go through all the games and manually update on PS5. You can only do that with the games in the media bar. Ugh, I did not realize that. Uh, now, the good were the games and how fast the system is. It's not perfect. Games still have loading, but definitely much better than last gen. Now, it's still early, and hopefully, when it becomes PS5-only games in mind, it'll be instant loads. We will see. And the controller, in my opinion, is the biggest generational jump. Hope devs get better and more innovative with it, but there are a few games that do really well with it. Now, you know when we're talking about the controller, and looking at criticisms and something that a lot of people worried about, there is an issue with dual senses, uh, the the adaptive triggers suddenly making them hair triggers. Uh, and I know two people that have that. They talk about specifically their right trigger. They barely touch it, and in any game, it fires immediately. You don't even right. really have travel. Um, and I've seen people who've had to get new controllers because of that. It is something that... The thing across the board is that I think Switch kind of brought it to a real big light, but controllers are made with pretty cheap products like inside yeah. of them. The analog sticks are super cheap, and they all pretty much use the same brand of analog sticks uh, or analog adapters underneath, and then just put their own sticks on top. But the actual thing that you're moving is the same component in most of them. Um, so it's it's hard because you feel like seventy something dollars for a controller is expensive, and it is. And they're not always going to last. You can have great luck and have one last the entire gen, or you can have one that goes out in the first three months. And what do you do with it? You yep. know, it's unfortunate. What's the point? Yeah. Okay. So here's the here's where it really comes down to. Corey Crash Hickerson, I'd be real happy if I could get one. Uh, yes, my boy. <laughs> and then that is kind of echoed by Randy here, and who says, pretty happy with my decision to build a PC since I couldn't get one. Uh, and that's the interesting thing, is I actually feel like supply constraints are just pushing people toward pre-built PCs and in general PCs if they can find the parts. I mean, because they're not as hard. It's weird. There's things I still prefer about just sitting on the PlayStation 5 and it being simpler in a lot of ways because like Forza, good example. There's a brand new pre-built that came preloaded with Windows 11 and all this stuff and you got to go to open Forza and it's like, you don't have the newest drivers. Okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, you know I something I thought to about? Be, hold on. To be fair though, the same thing is said. If you bought a Series X and came home, you still have to update for Forza. True, but the Same problem thing. problem is this is a big difference. Forza doesn't automatically say, here are the drivers you need, let's start downloading them. On the system, as soon as you go in, it's like, hey, Forza has an update, but we've already started downloading for you. We found it to you. All you got to do is hit okay. Yeah, but the drivers have nothing to do with Forza. Like that. Oh, I understand, but that's the, again, I'm saying that's the simplicity of, of console. It's a benefit that all of the drivers and whatnot happen on the game console side, um, which does lead me to an interesting thing that I thought about the other day for the first time in a long time because it's, it's still not... I don't, or at least I don't think they do it. I haven't seen it. Do you guys remember on the PS3, and I think maybe even the 360, but I know for PS3, when you would insert a game, mm-hmm. and if you didn't have internet, like I didn't have internet, or even if you did, but you hadn't updated yet, new games would come with the newest firmware on the disc. No. No. 
to I've the point where you would put a game it. in and it would be like update 3.65 and you would download it from like it would or it's install rather from the disc and games don't do that anymore <laughs> i didn't know that was a thing yeah yeah, if, yeah i'm so well because you're already at the newest uh, update for your playstation yeah but actually if you had a playstation 3 that had the original flash and you tried putting in a game that was like three or four years later it'd be like hey you here's this new install you gotta down you gotta install this off the disc Huh. Games don't do that anymore. I, I'm no. 99% sure, which is weird because for non-internet places, if you put a disc in, what happens? Is it on? Is it baked into the disc in terms of just in general? Like when you go to play, it boots up a... We did that. When you put a Wii game in, it would boot up whatever version of the BIOS that they built the game around on the disc huh. and then play through that. So I don't know. That's interesting. Either way interesting to see uh that's pretty much it we had a lot of responses but a lot of them were similar so for everybody who did respond thank you uh and uh we appreciate it hopefully we'll have a lot of thoughts on this next one as well which leads us into if you boys have no reason to uh do anything else to the final topic slash kind of main topic of the show which is about call of duty so call of duty vanguard sales at least in the uk are down 40 percent over last year's black ops cold war and it's reasonable to think that that trend is likely true in the u.s as well considering the competition and general critical reception for the title as well as war zones free-to-play nature acting as kind of self-competition to itself which brings us to a question from no fate over on twitter and he says what message do you think these sales figures tell activision one Vanguard is a boo-boo game. Two, only Black Ops and Modern Warfare titles sell units. Three, people have Call of Duty fatigue. Four, people want to try Battlefield. Five, people would rather wait to get a PS5 or Xbox for the next gen. Or six, some other thing. He adds that he is personally waiting to get a PS5, so he falls under five, with the secondary benefit of the game being cheaper by then. So that's the first part of this. Uh, what do you guys think this is? Chris, you're big on Call of Duty. So I'm going to let you like start Call this Duty. one off. Um, I don't know. I just don't think the game's very good. And I think it's... Maybe it's a regression back to World War II's people don't like, but I just don't think it's very good. I played the beta. I think I talked about it on the show where I just didn't have a good time at all. And... I think I'd said I'd said to you privately or, or privately or on the show. I'm actually not sure where I was like, if Harry Potter had come out this year, it would sell better than this Call of Duty. And I think yeah, you absolutely yeah. said that to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I I think that's just we're seeing that it's true. I think the game has to be has to stand out, and this one just doesn't. This one's very meh. And now what's interesting here is that for the first time, even with bad sales, and we're not that far into its release, but far enough to look at, even with the sales, it's still the second best-selling title of the year. Mm-hmm. Now, that is, it's kind of like Infinite Warfare, right? Where Infinite Warfare underperformed for Call of Duty by Activision standards, and they were very vocal about that, but it still ended up being the best-selling year, uh, best-selling game of that year. I don't know if this is really worse or if it just means that there is better competition this year and the fact that even with bad sales, it can't quite get to number one. Um, but I think, so I want to hear yours real quick. I mean, 
do you have any interest in even playing Vanguard? Absolutely not. No. Okay, and, and why is that for you? Well, is it first of all the beta killed any form of any kind hype. of hype that I had? It, they launched the beta with a dumb game mode, um, with a dumb map, and that was the problem there. But on top of that, they had something really special with Modern Warfare, and that's why Modern Warfare still has more numbers than Vanguard and Cold War, is that they should have just approved upon Modern Warfare. But instead, they have this trick, this hat trick of every year they have to have a different game, and they hit an apex with no pun intended with Modern Warfare, <laughs> and you're just not going to hit that again for a while because people liked Modern Warfare so much. It's like World War Two. World War Two came out and didn't perform as well. It's just, it's one of those things of like people wanted Modern Warfare 2. People want Warzone. But instead, they're taking kind of attention away from those, putting attention onto this. And I think Infinity Ward hit a, hit a nail on a head with, with Modern Warfare. And yeah. they caught magic in a bottle. And now it's not that. So it's not good. Well, and the, the weird thing about that, too, right, is that like specifically Infinity Ward with modern warfare is such a strange example of how things can just go in a weird way. And I think it may show that all of these things are a mix of being the reason for different people clearly, but the same team that brought modern warfare that sold crazy well is the same team that brought infinite warfare, a game that was lambasted among, among the majority of the community. Um, and even for specifically the multiplayer aspect, right? You know, I, I love the story and I'm not a big multiplayer person, but I could tell you that that multiplayer was not very good. And I played a lot of Advanced Warfare as multiplayer mm-hmm. and I played some of Black Ops 3. So I have like that idea of being able to look at it and see like this is clearly not there. But then again, their next game literally knocks it out of the park. So I think to some degree, there's a lot of stuff going on there because you have that, like you talk about the hat trick of it, it has to be a different game. Yep. And they keep doing this thing where not only does it have to be a different game, it's going to be a different era so that you don't quite ever get too comfortable in one thing and get bored is what their thought process, I think. And what it is too is like these games, they really start to thrive as time goes on. Like they launch and like they launch at a massive like impact. And then as time goes on, as more content gets pushed out because these are games of the service, they really start to thrive. And it takes about six months for any game like this to establish a, play, a player base because you're going to have the first update is going to lose some people. The second update is going to bring some people back. The third update is going to like keep people around. It's going to play this game of we're going to launch these new content and we're going to buff and nerf these weapons and we're going to get to a stable, a stable you know, path. And that stable path, it is about three months in or feels like it's about three months in. Well, you get to six months in and it's the path is still chugging along perfectly fine. But then you're only six months away from having to worry about another call of duty. Yeah. That's kind of always been the weird thing I've seen there. And, but kind of what I was talking about, people who stay loyal to one style of game used to be able to kind of go around there. I like world war two. So I'm just going to play world at war forever. And then, well, I liked modern, I like the modern day stuff. So I'm gonna play modern warfare three until yeah. something better comes out. What they should have done. And I think that, 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 if any warp should just absorb all the other studios that work on Call of Duty, Sledgehammer, you know, Raven, all of them, and then they should just make Call of Duty, just called Call of Duty, and it is a games as a service, and it is every single season instead of playing this hat trick of like World War Two. Now this season's focused around World War Two. So you get these World War II maps, you get all this World War II gear, you get these World War II guns. But you basically have the same game Same feel. base game, yes. Now, you know, it, it's interesting because I, my, 
itself, I actually liked whenever they moved to the three developer thing because you have this thing where if you don't like one style, You'll you don't like, like the way one plays, you have a chance to like the way another one plays. And you see that in people talking about like even Black Ops Cold War where it's like it, the guns don't feel right. They don't feel... And then they add them to Modern Warfare's multiplayer. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it doesn't really make any sense on what they're doing. Yeah. So when you have that, it's nice that you have that ability to kind of rotate developers and be like, you know what? I, I don't really like that developer's take on Call of Duty, but I like this one's. Um, but at this point, I think the weird thing for me is I've been viewing that I thought it was surprising that Call of Duty keeps trucking on with new games when Warzone is as big as it is. To me, it gets to this point where I feel like they would have done the Ubisoft thing where Ubisoft's talking about like, oh, well, we're just going to put multiple developers into one Assassin's Creed game <clears throat> and we're just going to have Assassin's Creed Nexus or whatever you want to call it, where it's like it'll be a on-running game that gets updated and you'll just be able to go into different periods and different things, kind of like you're talking about where it's like this this update will be the same base game, but you're going to go into this time period yeah. and follow these characters. And then this update is going to put you to over here. I'm surprised that Call of Duty didn't do that with Warzone. I really thought Warzone and its massive success was the moment for Call of Duty to go. Warzone stays free to play, but then all multiplayer is ran through the same system. But you I guess the big question there is what happens with story modes? Do they even care? Does it really need it? Honestly, story modes are the things that I most likely have a chance of really liking Call of Duty. Uh, the few times I have, like Black Ops Three and 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 Infinity uh, and Infinite Warfare. Um, nice, I that. <laughs> thanks, Sorry, <man. laughs> but yeah, it's like in that regard, I feel like that's the one thing that happens is that when you do that, Call of Duty so multiplayer focused that the idea almost seems stronger to just lean into the multiplayer aspect of it and, and let go of the story. But would would vast numbers of people who really are diehard every year by Call of Duty fans even care if the storyline went away? Um, I don't know. Some of, them would. some of them, I would. Yeah, it's it's kind of like it's too. Uh, that, that's almost too broad of a question because there's so many different kinds of Call of Duty players, which is how like which is bred by the fact that Call of Duty is the way it is. There's Call of Duty players that prefer Cold War versus Call of Duty players that prefer Warzone, Modern Warfare, World War Two, and even if you want to go less, less singular game, let's just go. Ops, yeah, so what much. modes do they like? Yeah. Well, some people are dedicated zombies players, so they only play when there's a zombie mode. Domination modes, like like there are so many different variables. And, and then some people are, are strictly boots on the ground. Some people are strictly. It just out clicked you know, with me too. They're using, and it makes sense. I was sitting there thinking, I was like. You know, the Call of Duty has always done this. They've always been yearly games. But back then, they the way the games worked is they launched, you played them, a map pack would come out six months, and you got new maps to revitalize the game. And then by the time that game winded down, a new game was coming out you're looking forward to. But now there's so much content they're shoving in your face every month to month to season to season that it's like they want you to be fully dependent on this game. But then another game comes out like Vanguard, and it's such a drastic change of pace compared to Modern Warfare, just the same Cold War was compared to Modern Warfare, that it's hard to be invested in it. And I think people, I think this is a weird fatigue. It's like a decade-long fatigue that people are now experiencing of, I've been playing Call of Duty on a yearly basis for so long, and now I'm overstimulated because in the past five years, we've seen two Modern Warfare-style games. We've seen a World War II-style game, a Cold War game, another World War II-style game in Vanguard. And then Warzone on top of And then that. Warzone on top of that, on top of Spec Ops modes, Zombie modes, Map Packs, Seasons, and that's five years of content. 
content, it actually might be the thing that's killing it's them. It's too much. Yeah, it's too much. <laughs> Where with like Apex, Fortnite, Halo, Destiny, you have these seasons, and the second the season launches, you have an expectation of the season. And then if you don't like the season, you still continue playing because you know in three months, in three weeks, whatever the season time frame is for that game, you have another season to look forward to. You're not overwhelmed with like, holy crap, all these game modes. Um, I got to get these guns from this game to play in Modern Warfare. That's from Cold War. I got, and then you got to balance those game, those guns. So like when, when I'm sure that when Cold War guns got introduced to Modern Warfare, there was balancing things there they had to do, because which took away from development time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's such a big, arduous adventure for this kind of stuff that it's just. It's too much. It has gotten to the point now. I just don't care. I don't care to keep up with it. I don't care to play it. I don't care to, you know, and be involved in it. However, they seem to hit the sweet spot with a year there because who's to say that next November, when Modern Warfare Two comes out or whatever it is, I'm like, I didn't. Pl- I skipped a year, so now I'm revitalized to play it again, kind of thing. Yeah. So it's like the hit now is a is a benefit down the road. In a weird way, yeah, because you have been deprived of all that content. Now, I will say this. Something that these games, in my opinion, have to stay a lookout for is um, other games as a service games. So I think there's always going to be a top three, and those three will interchangeably kind of exist with each other. Um, Warzone, Fortnite, Apex? Warzone, Apex, Fortnite, um, because we saw that... What was that other game called? Other, like, uh, Escape with Tarkov? Uh, Tarkov was dope. Talking, Tarkov is Hyperscape. Dope. Hyperscape. Uh, is that the Ubisoft. new one? The, U- the Ubisoft. Doing? Yeah. There's yep. uh, and, and Tarkov is great too. Which there's actually yes. rumored that Call of Duty is going to do a Tarkov like game mode. Which I that would be so. sick. That would that would bring me back to Call of Duty. Yeah. Do you know what Tarkov I mean, is? Right. I know what Tarkov is, but at the same time, it's like and this is this is a real question, and it, and I'm not even saying anything's wrong for it. But it's interesting when you get to a point where you're like this game would be really good if it was just that game. Then why aren't you just playing that the other game? It comes it's down not to game PS5. Yeah, that, that, yeah, say, Tarkov Chris, is not, I think it's not on PS5. Oh, Tarkov is PC only still? Yes. Yeah. And it probably will probably, probably remain that way. But just, that, well, for now. Well, I take umbrage with what you said because just because I want Call of Duty. Well, hold on. To what, do you, tar- what do you mean? Well, because I. T- I, I it was I a question. Of- I didn't say anything. I didn't make oh, a statement. I thought, I, I I thought you a made question. a statement. My bad. Um, I'm asking the question if, and I'm not saying it's wrong or right or anything, but the question is, and I've seen gotcha, people do it for gotcha, other games. Gotcha. I've done it for games. What, for you, and and you answered, you answered that it's be, or because it's not on PS5. That's your that's that's, good, that's, my that's answer a reasonable too. answer too. But that yeah, and that makes more sense. I didn't realize Tarkov wasn't on PS5 yet. I would have thought it would because I've heard a lot of people talk about it. Yeah, but honestly. the question is, when you have that thing where it's like. It's almost like the idea behind it. It always has to be a bad thing, but you look at a game, you're like, oh, that game's cool. I like that idea, but I just wish this other game would just do that idea instead so I could just play that game because I already like that game. And it's weird that we all do it to a degree, right? I mean, and then I think that's what creators do to a degree. Fortnite's over there like, oh, man, we're losing players to Among Us, but what if we just put (laughs) Among Us into Fortnite? Yeah, Fortnite did it. (laughs) You know what's crazy is like, I actually, one of the main reasons I played Fortnite in the very beginning was because I wanted to play PUBG, but it was not on consoles. (laughs) So it was like, I guess I'm going to try it on consoles, but you know, this version. And, you know, and I think, I think it's important to like, to notice that like with the multiplayer circle, you can thrive um, without having to be the top three. Destiny 2's PVP right now is still popping off. 
and it's not considered the top three. Um, I do have a feeling, though, anytime a new contender comes out, especially an old new contender like Halo, people like Call of Duty, they need to watch themselves because they will. They can very much lose that top three spot. Well, I think that that's kind of what's going on right here, right? Because Chris is actually talking about his disappointment with Vanguard, and then Battlefield just kind of crapped the bed. Yeah, And And so you get to this point where it's like the only new shooter this year that has a chance of still being good now is Halo. And, and it can, guess it, what? Halo was solid. Yep. And and then you have Halo, which is very classical, um, you know, 4v4 or 24v24 um, game modes like Capture the Flag, Oddball, King of the Hill, and Slayer. And then you have games like Apex, which are Battle Royale games. So those two games coexisting is perfect sense. And it, yeah. it, it is it is like the yin and the yang at the top of the, the food chain with Fortnite being its kind of wild, wacky thing that it does too, like Naruto and the building and all that stuff. It's almost like the three spot that these games milled perfectly to make that three spot. And you're going to see like, you'll see Call of Duty pull some wacky stuff out in the next coming months. And honestly, they need to pull something out like Tarkov. They need, and for those that don't know what Tarkov is, Tarkov is like a battle royale game on a smaller st- scale. Because I don't think Chris does Kar- Tarkov have nine on people in it. I don't think so. It's like I think it's like thirty six or something. It's yeah. It's, I want to say every time I've seen it, I've I've seen it be smaller. I played it uh, on my computer. It doesn't run it well. That's why I don't play it often. But um, and it is you you drop in, you go and you find weapons, you kill enemies, and then you get out via a drop zone, and then that character has those weapons and that equipment. And yeah, there's a storage system. Stuff. Yes. And there's a storage system where like you could have this really good pistol with a silencer and you're like, you know, I'm going to run it in with this gun. I'm going to leave all my auto rifles back in the base or back on the menu or whatever. So that when I die, I don't lose all that stuff permanently. I just lose mm-hmm. my pistol with a silencer. And it is a really uh, hardcore style game. That's really fun for that exact reason. And if Call of Duty could do it and pull it off, then you know what? That may be what the top three is missing is, is the game mode to compete with that. Not saying Tarkov is not competing with that, but it, it is definitely interesting. Mm. But I'm at no loss uh, or surprise the fact that Call of Duty is declining this year. The second I played Vanguard after how good Modern Warfare was, I was just like, yeah, this is this is 100% going to bomb in comparison. Now, going back to Halo, I think one of the things that makes Halo really interesting is that Battlefield released as a final release. $60 game. As a $60 game with no voice chat and breaking servers and all these things. Uh, and here comes Halo releasing a month in advance in beta. And it doesn't seem to have any massive issues besides progression, which is more of a design issue, but it doesn't have bugs. It seems to have all of the things that are around and supposed to be around. Um, And I haven't really had anybody talk about having massive issues besides Chris, I think, talking about Halo at one point in time crashing on his PC a bunch. I crashed once. It's working fine. And And it didn't even really crash. It. I was like, it was a weird crash. I was in like a menu with friends because the menu system is kind of new in that game of like you know in halo you join your buddies and you see all your names mm-hmm. and like you're selecting match stuff like that. it's not like that it's it's kind of at the bottom right and you know you kind of don't see what they're doing in the menus and i was in that area like the pre-game lobby and i just froze and i was just like okay so i just closed the app myself because i didn't know if it was going to unfreeze yeah i did finally have a, a a game pass game crash on me though chris uh oh yeah see if these just crashed the other day i mean oh, i don't think i've crashed. ever i don't think i've ever had see if these crashed that's, the, that's the only time i've ever had it happen to me too 
It's funny because Blake so just messaged us and said his crashed. <laughs> oh wow, he's on a one S, and we were yeah. talking about how that game is that game starting to out push itself to where it can not really run adequately on the system it was designed for. (laughs) (laughs) At what point do they just go, see if these is next gen only now or like one X and above or something like that, you know? Yeah. Kind of like when Halo, or not Halo, but rather Destiny finally got to that point where the Rise of Iron was like, this is next gen only. (laughs) Yeah. Even though the the game is still full. Um, So what is, what is our, well, there's a remainder question that's very quick and I think the, the thing will know, but he just, it's part of what he adds, but he says, he says, I really wanted to see Call of Duty finally do something more similar to Halo with alien enemies, red versus blue multiplayer and vehicle combat that allows teammates to partner up, Sounds like et cetera. It sounds like you're, yeah, I mean, uh, but he says, do you think Activision is done with this after advanced uh, warfare and infinite warfare, keeping no. boots firmly on the ground moving forward? No, I think, I think that they'll always have this iteration of a space game. I think they'll always have that one weird infinite warfare moment where it'll happen. And then they'll go right back to the thing again. And they might do it now, but I doubt it. And here's why. Because they know that Infinite Warfare was a highly divisive game, and they're coming off of a game that's not performing well, they're not going to go to that again. I don't think they're going to do it right now either. And that sucks because my favorite Call of Duty game from the last generation is Infinite Warfare, but for different reasons than everyone else. The story was Strictly for the story. I love the campaign for that game. It's the only Call of Duty game I've played more than once, a campaign. I played that game's multiplayer campaign three times in a row so I can get all the trophies for it. Just to to realize the zombies mode for that game. I was going to play it. I'm a Call of Duty. And then the zombies mode for that game is impossibly hard. I played that um, uh, multiplayer for like five hours, and I remember one multiplayer map with lava, I think. No, I'm going to tell you, this is my thing about Infinite Warfare. I think the real missed opportunity is that they didn't take an opportunity to go. Some of the things that we created for this could be used elsewhere, right? I think that they should have really leaned into the fact that they were in space and be like, hey, there's a multiplayer mode where it's completely dogfighting. Everyone's in spaceships and you just fight each other. I think that would have been super awesome. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be the main multiplayer. It's a mode that you can play. Have a mode where there are maps on that where it's, uh, it's zero grav. Uh, and you have little chains that pull you around and stuff. I would like to see them go all out and be like, hey, this is a multiplayer map that's zero grab, and you have a chain that can pull you around, basically grapple hook like we're seeing come big in games now, and the whole match will be done with zero grabs. They, I think that could have been cool, but that's like, actually, just not that sounds, what they chose to do. That sounds like Instead, a fun game. they chose to make an interesting story with a lot of different gameplay types that never quite got as boring as constantly being boots on the ground. They were like, we're going to shift it up, shake it up, keep you interested, but then carry none of that over to the multiplayer and then also have multiplayer that the boots on the ground was kind of eh. And you you end up where you, where you end up right now. So it's interesting. I hope that Call of Duty is not done with, um, with getting boots off the ground personally. Um, and there's so many mis- like systems that were developed for Infinite Warfare that are just wasting away that I think could have been done even better. Uh, but We'll wait and see if that ends up coming. Chris, do you think that they're done with boots on the ground? Or done with being anything but boots on the ground? Yeah, no, probably not. They'll probably, I, I could see them doing like the infinite or advanced warfare level, but I don't think they'll mm-hmm. go any further than that. You don't think they'll go back to space again, right? No, I hope not. And the most they'll do is like a futuristic version of still being a yeah, well, on-location warfare? Just like the jetpacks, but not flying. The little like... You got a little extra tootski of of jump height. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. No, I, I loved Advanced Warfare's multiplayer yeah, because of the jetpack. I think it added a level of actual tactical ability and, and quick reflex that all came together to make the for, the most fun I've had multiplayer-wise out of Call of Duty this entire gen. Exactly. Um, ironically, the very first one. <laughs> that, so, I guess technically Ghost was for PS4, but... Yeah, know, not very still. good. Yeah, and it was super cross-gen. So, I think Advanced Warfare was next-gen only, wasn't it? Did it didn't have PS4 so. release in it? Yeah, it did not. Ghost no, it was did, the last did, one, did, I think. Did, did. did it? It did, yeah. Advanced Warfare? Just, I was just looking at it in a PS3 bundle on eBay. Bro, that's wild. I, I did not realize that. I thought Ghost it was sure the last did. one. It sure did. Holy Actually, crap. if I'm not mistaken, there was a PS3 release of Black Ops uh, Black Ops 3 that didn't, I think. Hold Black on. Ops 3 is Black oh, multiplayer. Wait, wait, wait. It, it, had, Mo- yeah, it multiplayer had multiplayer only for PS3. I forgot about that. Got yeah. The campaign was just missing. Woo. Yeah. So coming off of this, Anybody have any closing thoughts? Like anybody, like like, what do y'all think Call of Duty is going to do next? Man, I think Modern well, Warfare Two. It's weird. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I think <laughs> yeah. the actual answer is Modern Warfare Two. What I want them to do next to bring my interest back in is shift it up. It doesn't have to be Infinite Warfare, but I want something more interesting. I'm going to play Halo, but we're talking about what Call of Duty could do to bring me back into the fold. And the only thing they can really do is do something that become Halo, Red versus Blue, Aliens. That, that's fine. I mean, that's fine. I wouldn't care. I'm if it, Call of Duty hasn't had a sword yet, like a machete style weapon. Actually, yeah. Actually, I think they have. Was it in Vietnam? Was it in uh, the first uh, Black Ops when they were kind of doing? Wasn't first Black Ops Vietnam? Chris, are you muted? Definitely am. Uh, I have my heater going. No, I said something. My heater's going, so I try to mute during that. But <laughs> well, we appreciate that. How, how how cold is it up there? It's pretty cold. I'm kind of freezing right now, bro. I wish it was like that here. It's raining today. Go. All thunderstorms. You say that. I wish it was like that here too. No, I do. No, I, am, I am a fan of the cold. I love it. You say that. My brother you know, came heat. down. I, I'm sure I would be happy in the cold if I like if I had heat all the time. But no, thanks. <laughs> well, my, my brother-in-law came down from Nebraska last weekend. He's like, it's already 20 degrees up there and snowing. I'm like, bro, give me that. Yeah. Chris, you know when we when we were doing Spirit, or when I played Spirit Fair for a full week when we didn't think that it was yeah. going to be that quick? That was because it snowed here for the first time in three years. And it's, <laughs> it, it was the worst snow we've ever seen in my lifetime. So you yeah, and it was the heaviest. Days. It was the heaviest snow since we were a kid. No, <laughs> it's worse than we were a kid. I've never seen that much snow. Dude, you're, you're right. We had more snowfall, but it didn't hit stuff like knocking down trees the same way that, that the was ice storm an did. ice storm though that yeah, was even, right. that was that was us being unprepared that was our our infrastructure being poor <laughs> for for that like like chris we had an ice storm that maybe put like an inch of ice on the ground and it knocked the city out for weeks <laughs> no this was in 2001 i'm, I'm or 2000. dead serious they had curfews the power was out uh water was gone I'm not even joking. It was like an inch and a half of ice. In this same house, we were golden, baby. We had hot water because we had gas. Uh We had we could cook because we had gas stove. We were good, baby. We had gas heat in the living room. We would go outside, play in the snow, get cold. Okay, go back in, get warm. (laughs) We had we had a a wood stove in our house, so it was. I know people that were like, (laughs) 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 "That's why you can't go all electric, boy. You got to keep that gas for those moments. It's important." That's why that house I bought next door, I refuse to take out the gas caps. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do because there's like just a solar panel heater. You never know, man. You never know what you're gonna need. Like, and that, so if you end up buying that house like you're talking about, 
the it, the fireplace just put you a fake uh, fake wood fire stove there and hook up to the gas so that if the power ever goes out y'all can sit in front of the damn thing and just stay warm and have True. the couch and stuff there's no reason not to do it baby no reason uh, all right community state question community state question is going to be based off of what our good friend no fate brought to the table here and i want to ask people are you interested in vanguard this year and if not why are you not of any of the p- things that he listed is it do you think the game is just bad? Do you think that you're somewhat fatigued of it mixed with the fact that the game doesn't quite hit the quality you wanted? Is it something as simple as Black Ops and Modern Warfare titles, the only ones that being of interest to you? What is it? Let us know. And we have lost Chris. And we have lost the timestamp for Community's Take. We absolutely. I can't get it. I'm here. Why, why did you lose do we me? need a do we need no, it's it's a, we need a new HDMI cable that we were. It's not we, you. Uh, I keep forgetting to buy an HDMI cable. You well, know what? Actually, we should go to Best Buy and buy an HDMI cable. We should go to Best Buy. <laughs> you're actually going to lose me because I'm going to, while you guys close out, I got I to gotta get out of here. So I know you got to get, Chris. Thanks get for joining him, uh, me, bud. Thank you. Have a good one. See you later, we'll guys. We'll see you next week. Everyone else, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us if you're listening. And remember to like and subscribe and share the videos as well as share the podcast with anybody that you think may enjoy it. We appreciate all of you who do. And lastly, if you want to support the show with more than just your time, you can head over to patreon.com slash nartech. As a shout out, we always like to shout our patrons out for being so supportive of the show. So without further ado, we like to end this show off. We will see you next week. All right. Big shout out to our patrons, Ham and Egger, Bailey Robertson, Rob Warpoint, Josh Drago, Mark Schutz, Cypher Primus, Kyle Grimm, Richard Schaefer, Rude Days 93, Joshua Lago, Landis, Zachary Sawyer, Kevin Bacon Bits, Luke Rabbit, Danny Villiobos, Jehudi MD, Sean, Derek Porter, Corey Hickerson, Constantly Kenny, Matthew Green, Sean Sanderude, The Stonard, Steven Salazar, Shadowist, my name is Dan. Thank you all. Thank you.